Welcome to AP GoPocast from Whitman Hanson Regional High School in Whitman, Massachusetts. I'm history and government teacher Steve Botello. And joining me every episode are students from our Advanced Placement United States Government and Politics course to share their insights on current political news stories in these turbulent times. Student guests will discuss the facts and sources of these stories make connections to our curriculum, and most importantly, share their own opinions on the big issues of the day. This is episode four, recorded January 23, 2020. Alex Shea and Brian Fox will take over today's episode and discuss the recent killing of Iranian General Soleimani. Go ahead whenever you're ready. Hello, everybody. This is the Alex Shea Experience. My name is Alex Shea, and I'm joined with my friend, Brian Fox. Good afternoon, Alex. So today we are going to talk politics, and the presidency is what we're going to talk about. Cool. Um, I would like to talk about my article that I found first. My article was about the killings, the killing of uh, General Salamani. Um, this is a different, different type of killing because this is not just a low-level general or anything this is a high-ranking general in the Iran government who had a lot of power do you have any takes on it to start off yeah I was uh, reading a bit right about this in the news I wasn't too sure of it as of uh, I was wondering if you could educate me on that a little bit yeah so my article mostly talked about the critics of President Trump and how they have been attacking him lately based on this killing and um, as we know, President Trump and his advisors are usually quick to counter counterattack his critics, but it seems that they aren't quick to today, or not today, in the recent weeks after this killing. They have been kind of radio silent, which is a shocking, shocking development. Yeah, I was actually curious. I mean, this guy, I mean... I personally have never heard of him before. What would you equate him to in terms of like a United States uh, official? Would he be like killing our vice president? Who is this guy? Um, I wouldn't say the vice president because he didn't really have a lot of sway in the government, but more of the military. So I'd say maybe like Secretary of Defense, even though we don't really have a certain position like this, but you could probably equate him to the Secretary of Defense. Um, I read my article off of the New York Times, which is a left-leaning article news outlet. Not really, though. They they try to stay pretty much in the middle, and if they do have bias, they sometimes have a bias against President Trump, but not really as much in this article. I was actually shocked by how much they actually praised President Trump at points. They actually said how like he has been um, very quiet with this killing, and he hasn't been like quick to outlash against the Iranian government after their response to his killings, which were a couple missiles. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about like President Trump and his killing? Like, Do you believe that it was uh, justified? Do you think it's his uh, right to? Because obviously 
he's the president? I mean, so I definitely do think it's I mean, within his right, but as of as far as like what's that going to mean for committing his committing further troops to those areas in the Middle East, I know there's been a lot of talk about or promises made by um, certain administrations about pulling troops out of the Middle East. So, do you think there's going to be now more troops committed because of this killing? So I believe so. I actually just saw an article the other day that he, they will be um, donating, not donating, committing more troops to. The Middle East in general and Iraq, and like more specifically, uh, one thing to point out is the war power resolution that um, Congress people have been quick to talk about, especially AOC. She's quick to call it an act of war and that it violates the war po- powers resolution. Do you have anything to talk about Congress and do you think President Trump is right to because he's the commander in chief, or do you think? Congress is right on this one, and this is an act of war. Um, I definitely do think that it's not something that Congress should definitely um, be completely complicit in in, in allowing uh, President Trump to make these decisions fully. But I do think it's uh, interesting that the War Powers Resolution is brought up here because um, I think in the most recent years this has been um, necessary, especially with a president who's so quick and maybe a little bit more impulsive um, to act than other presidents. So I think. Especially President Obama was quick to, right. not, not as quick. Yeah, right. So I think um, it's, it's the War Powers Resolution is definitely going to be seen a little bit more in play here as um, you know, President Trump has to decide, is he going to act on his impulsive nature or is he going to consult with you know, the, the majority Democrat House of Representatives? Yeah, yes. He was, uh, he was quick to tweet about it. That's one definitely. Thing. And yeah, I, actually, would, I actually want to bring that up. What do you, what do you think about the tweets? Um, after after these, it's a little weird that he event. just dropped the American flag on, in his tweets. But, I, uh, I was slightly scared sitting yes, in my. Yes, that room. looked like a cod and blown. Which was <laughs> it <a little> did. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, <laughs> would you? What, so, what's your opinion on the on the matter? My opinion, personally, is that it is in his right to carry out these attacks. Um, this was an airstrike, just to be more specific. Uh, President Obama has used airstrikes in the past, so I think he saw that as his power is as his power as commander in chief. Um, is it an act of war? Uh, I would say I would say so, but also it just depends on how Iran will react to this. And he and he also did mention that this was an act to stop a war. Yes rather than to start yes. one. So I thought that was interesting, where he kind of uh, maybe even downplayed the fact that, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, this person is... Very evil, man. This is, yeah, I, I do believe there are some, uh, some terrorist organizations or, or yes. what, whatnot that he may have supported. Um, but I do think that it's not so easy to say that this is a, an attack that, to incite peace. I don't think it's going to yeah, result was, in peace. That was a, that was a weird saying that he had there that said uh, that he's trying to stop a war by killing killing a man, but uh, mm-hmm. I do see this as him trying to de-escalate the situation instead of like further committing troops, you know. Mm-hmm. He's been, as president, he has been the type of man to say like, oh, we support our troops and we're, we're fully committed to protecting our, the lives of Americans and people around the world. But Americans first, so he tries to withdraw um, troops when he gets a chance. 
and did you see how um, uh, uh, opponents of Donald Trump running in the Democratic uh, for the Democratic spot right now? Do you what do you think about people's responses like Bernie Sanders saying, you know, calling it endless wars and um, those type of pe uh, those the the left side kind of criticizing Trump for this uh, these acts of war? Uh, it's very easy to criticize him. To think that it's just about this would be very mistaken. You think you would be mistaken for it because um, they they're quick to criticize him on mostly everything that he does. Um, also, I would like to defend President Trump here because no one else has been, no one on that stage, um, the Democrats on that stage, have been put into a situation as president where he he's responsible for the lives of all Americans and he has to protect them. And um, it's been quoted multiple times that um, General Soleimani um, was actually conducting like business in um, Iraq that were killing American soldiers. So I think Donald Trump just saw, or President Donald Trump was seeing this as a like a way of protecting American lives. So I think I think uh, President Trump deserves to be. He deserves to be uh, defended here. Yeah, I definitely think there is a, I mean, at least a reason behind it, a justification for it. Um, and I think, if if we're being honest, the the action has already happened. It's more about um, what we're going to do in the future. Like, if um, you know, a country like Iran were to retaliate, is that going to lead to a constant cycle of retaliation, or is this like a uh, the last effort of yes. uh, of Americans? So. Great. Could and be a rabbit hole where yeah, we're yeah. entering. We never know. It could be an endless cycle, but uh, let's hope that cooler heads prevail. Absolutely. Uh, that, was, that was great. Uh, let's move on to your article. Right. Ted. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on to uh, more of a bit of a lighthearted article. Uh, okay. There we go. Not about... <laughs> we like lighthearted still, on this podcast. <laughs> we do. Still related to <laughs> the... Um, you know the the defense uh, budget, and yep. um, this article is coming from Fox Business, and uh, something interesting I found. Um, you know, contrasting with someone like New York Times, Fox has a reputation with many uh, bias checkers that it is generally a right-centered leaning <laughs> uh, source. Yep. Um, but what I found really interesting was that Fox Business, and you know, in particular the what they call the money section in Fox, is it's it's pretty it's pretty objective I would say I I was actually just skimming through this article right now and I other than maybe a few mentions of Bernie Sanders and his oppos opposition to Trump and of course I think people reading this might um, be kind of you know on the train of going against him but I do think that uh, they did a good job in this article of um, presenting both sides um, and also kind of giving the numbers because at the end of the day this is a budget discussion we're having I don't think it's um, too politicized, other than maybe ideologies supporting, you know, a stronger or less strong government. So I want to get uh, your your opinion on this number. So this year's defense spending bill will be worth 738 billion. Now, what do you what do you think about that number for the United States defense? Very big number. I'm going to start off with that. Um, so is that an increase or a decrease from last year's number? Um, so I believe that is going to be an increase, um, an example of incrementalism that we've seen here. Yes. Um, I believe it was a, um, if I had the number here, it was maybe over 100 million um, in an increase. Um, 
you think it could be related to your article and the fact that um, there are possibly future conflicts with Iran? Um, definitely, definitely. Uh, it seems like last year President Trump was seen as um, as trying to de-escalate a lot. So with North Korea, he tried to have like um, peace talks and stuff like that. But something like Iran could uh, very easily be a easy way to increase the budget of the defense. Mm-hmm. They see it as a reason that they need to. I do have the number here. It's uh, 2019. The budget was 686 billion. So that's a little bit less than 100 million or 100 billion um, dollar increase. So. Still more than last year. A hundred billion dollar increase? A little bit less than that, yeah. yeah. Um, also, a, a reason for this is the upcoming possibility, or the upcoming um, Space Force, United States Space yes. Force. Yes, yes, the President I, Trump has I wanted to get your opinion on that, because I think when you say it to people who may be a little bit disconnected from, you know, the you know STEM fields, or disconnected from the possibility of uh, the benefits we could have from going to space or being yes. up in space, I think it can be kind of shocking, kind of like uh, people might think that we're talking about Star Wars here. What do, yeah, you, yeah, what yeah. do you think about no, Space Force? No, we're definitely Wars? not talking about Star Wars. Um, but if they were going to make a lightsaber, I'd totally be down for it. I would like a red one, just if anybody was wondering. Um, but I actually didn't know much about Space Force when he mentioned it. Uh, it was actually kind of a meme, which was not the best thing. It, it was. Not, not it the was best reaction you want when you discuss something new that mm-hmm. you're proposing. Um, but I would like to know what what's the big difference because I don't personally know um, space for what's the difference between Space Force and say something like uh, NASA so I think the, the biggest difference is NASA is really used as an arm of research okay. education okay. while Space Force would be um, a separate branch of the United States military kind of defending we had international waters now we have international space, space yeah. air. I guess you could say um, um, Nowhere up there. I so I think, you know, with, with the possibility of, you know, maybe colonizing Mars, different planets yes. that are coming into play, I think um, we're going to have to have a presence up there or else we'll be falling behind to countries that are, um, you know, have a lot more to spend on, on space budgets. Yeah, um, definitely. I think for a majority of the 20th century, probably more the late 20th century, we've been seen as kind of the police of the United, or police of the world, and we've been kind of known as like the peacekeepers around the world. So we would like, I think, President Trump is probably seeing this as like an opportunity to like get a head start on maybe countries that wouldn't look to make a not a ruckus, but a like a problem up in space, maybe like Ru- Russia or a um, or a China. You don't want so we want to make sure that we. We establish like um, the laws up there, not the yeah. laws, but you know. I mean, speaking of China and Russia, um, I think that's a good segue into our the idea of uh, nuclear weapons and their programs because okay. um, I think those are the we have the some big players um, with us. So the Energy Department this year will use um, 23.1 billion for its nuclear weapons program. Wow. Um, to someone who, or actually, I'd like you to talk about someone who has maybe a more conservative versus a more liberal ideology. How do you think they'd react to that um, number for a nuclear weapons program? So this is, you're saying this is an increase, right? Um, This was, uh, it's going to be what they're going to be using. I believe it was a $3.3 billion increase. Increase, okay. So, yeah, well, um, well, I've always had the 
idea that if someone else is going to be making nuclear weapons, we better make bigger and better ones because we want to make sure that we keep the peace. The only way to keep the peace is to have a bigger and better gun. Um, and I think that's what they're doing with this money. Um, the world's a dangerous place, and the United States has usually been the people to make sure they put, like, the, the iron... They rule with an iron fist sometimes, and some people might not see that as a good thing, but um, keeps countries that would probably do worse in line. And what do you say to people like Bernie Sanders who oppose this 2020 military spending plan, um, arguing that it doesn't make sense to keep spending on endless wars? Um, I mean, Bernie Sanders, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a character. I'll give him, I'll give him that. Um, but the big thing I'm wondering is what type of endless war is he talking about here? Like, this is the war to like, or not a war, this is not a war, this is more of a like, um, way to keep the peace and it's a different way of keeping the peace. It's a way that kind of worked the last couple of years, not the last couple of years, last couple of decades, so I think that we should keep it like that. I I mean, Bernie Sanders, he has a different philosophy on it, but... Right, I I think he... um, We can't all agree. Right, as as he's quoted saying here, he he would focus rather on diplomacy and working collectively with allies. I think that would definitely um, maybe not be reflected in the the new budget, and especially um, with over 70 billion for war spending, I think um, if he were to be elected in office, if, I mean, if if you were to be right, if, yeah, big um, big okay. um, if you were to be elected in office, uh, this is. Do you think this budget would um, change under oh. under his office? I mean, do you do you think it's it really is possible for their uh, for the defense budget not to increase? Well, I'm just wondering why they would even need a budget because he wants to give everything away for free. So, it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, his. His budget would look a lot different from President Trump's um, budget, obviously, because um, he's, been, he's, been, he's, was, mentioned, was, he's mentioned free health care <laughs> and um, right. free education, um, mm-hmm. eliminating the entire um, student loan program. So that's what he's mentioned. That, would, that, would, that has to come from somewhere. So. Mm-hmm. And, and in this new budget, I, I think it's important to mention there is a, um, a little bit of um, compromise made here, uh, which really was the reason that a lot of Democrats supported this bill. The um, $3.3 billion Federal Employee Paid Leave Act um, increases the amount of time that um, federal employees can be um, on paid leave, so I think uh, that definitely supports uh, the liberal ideology of um, supporting and, you know. Yeah. We definitely see some log rolling here, which is, um, you know, people working together in the government to get things done. And that's what we see here. Uh, it's a give and take, you know. President Trump wants something. The Democrats want something. Uh, they don't always see eye to eye, but it seems like right here in the budget, they're uh, working together. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, there there has to be log rolling. <laughs> there has to be um, log rolling, especially with this constant um, idea that policy-making interests are um, competing with the uh, political ideologies. So, I think um, every bill is going to have a little bit of both conservative and liberal ideology course, supported. Um, do you think that uh, the budget, if it were you know, to be controlled by a Democrat, do you think it would receive any type of pushback from um, a Republican Senate uh, or even the, the House of Representatives? Mm, 
it totally depends on what type of Democrat we see in the White House, if we see one. We don't know about the 2020 election, but if we were to see a more um, center or moderate um, Democrat like Joe Biden, per se, to say, um, we probably not see as much pushback, but maybe if we see something like uh, Elizabeth Warren or a, um, even Bernie Sanders that you've mentioned, who has talked about free health care and uh, free education, so we'd probably see a different, a bigger pushback there than if more moderate like Joe Biden or a, I don't know, I, I couldn't mention someone else who's more moderate than him. Yeah, I think um, you're, you're right that um, if a Democrat does get elected then it's going to shake up the, the economic scene a little bit, but um, I, I had a question that I wanted to bring up. Um, if social benefit laws like this Federal Employee Paid Leave Act pass in these large budget programs so easily, uh, when will the line be drawn for social benefits? When will, um, when will we have to stop compromising uh, with bigger budgets for defense and, and whatnot in order to give more um, social program benefits, things, uh, different expenditures like that? Um, I would like you to reword word that question. I was a little yeah, sure. What Basically, what I'm asking is, is is this um, it, are are the are government handouts ever going to slow down? Um, I don't I don't think so. Even with the even if Trump were to be reelected, um, I wouldn't believe so because we still probably will have a majority in the House. Um, with the Democrats, but uh, I don't see it really slowing down as much, because um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, so I think. What's your take on that? Um, I think my take is that um, as easy as it is to say that yes. uh, <laughs> uh, you know Donald Trump does maybe uh, have more conservative ideologies. I think it's it's almost impossible to assume that um, anything will get done without um, further. Uh, social programs and uh, a little bit of leeway given to the mm -hmm. to the Democrats in the House. Um, so I think both of those work together, Alex. I think your um, your talk about Soleimani and yeah. Iran and a little bit about the defense spending bill. I think those work together and they show that the economic side does have an impact on the you know, external conflicts. Exactly the the. Domestic, you kind of took a domestic uh, stance on the presidency, while I had to take more of an international stance and mm -hmm. seen as more of the peacekeeper around the world, the leader of the free world, if you would say. And you took more Hopefully of the president of the United that. States. Yeah. Yeah. Chief executive. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys. <laughs> uh, thank, oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm Brian Fox. Uh, I'm Alex Shea. And you're not off the hook yet, because okay. I still have some questions for you. And uh, we would like to welcome a, f a new guest, a very handsome man. Uh, Professor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Please, please, so, please. Continue. Brian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you. Sure. Thank God. Um, what, th there's a difference between what we would think of as discretionary budgetary spending and then mandatory budgetary spending. So the... The defense budget is discretionary, meaning that the president and Congress can add or subtract to that. I shouldn't say easily, but they can add or subtract to that each year if they want to. But social programs, like Social Security, those things are entitlements which are guaranteed by law. So why haven't Republicans 
when they have managed to control both houses of Congress and the presidency over the last couple of decades in those times when they have, why haven't they sought to reduce what you call handouts? How come that hasn't happened? Well, I think uh, because the reality is that reducing social handouts is a lot easier said than done. And I think um, especially when you have a number and then decrease it maybe the next year, I think it's um, more detrimental. So I think it's the job of uh, conservatives in Congress and the House and as a president to maybe fix it other ways rather than taking away from people who have already been giving uh, this like a social benefit, I guess. Do you, so if these social programs haven't seen any sort of decrease and you're not likely to see decreases in the future, what are conservatives then to do? If military spending, by your account, should increase and social programs won't be decreasing, well, this sounds like the deficit's only going to grow and grow and grow. Is, is there any hope in sight? Are conservatives going to to really lash back at their voters and reduce social programs? Is, is that the cut they're going to have to make, or is it going to have to be in discretionary spending like the military? What do you think Republicans are more likely to do, cut down military spending or, or act against their voters? Hmm. That's a good question. I think ideologically it's, um, it's more smart to, to stick with their values and to promote uh, stronger national um, defense, but um, I do think that it's it's a it's a more of an issue of the fact that they're going to have to definitely compromise here. I don't I don't I don't think that um, maybe they they can't decrease something, but they definitely can um, take certain things away that they deem unnecessary. Maybe. Um, by the way, I'm putting you on the spot because nobody has been able to solve this problem. Don't feel bad if you can't come up with a solution. And I, I can see why I <laughs> um, cannot solve this problem. Now, I have a quick question. Would, would Republicans or conservatives be more likely to try to get the people off of these social programs than try to like eliminate social programs? It's or? difficult for both conservatives and liberals who are elected to Congress and the presidency because on one hand, they both conservatives and liberals have promised social programs to some of their constituents. Okay. And in that sense, they don't want to act against their constituents because they may lose support, they may lose votes. But conservatives have been more likely in the past to promise reductions in these payments. So then you have to ask, what payments are going to be reduced if not to the constituents that are being promised? And that's a very difficult balance that especially conservatives have had to strike. Democrats, liberals have had a hard time explaining why and how they're going to reduce military spending. Conservatives have had a hard time explaining why and how they're going to reduce social program mm -hmm. spending. And probably that's why we're stuck in the budget morass <laughs> that we have been for, right. for quite some time. I, and I want to go back to our first story. Oh, yes. And Great story. That you guys brought up some interesting points, and I don't want to touch on every single one of them, but I am a little bit concerned about this notion that this attack, the, the killing, and I'll use the synonyms because I've seen these in the press of both assassination, yes. killing, and murder. 
exactly what this was. <laughs> but if this was an attack, an action to end war and to prevent war and violence, what do we say in response to Ukraine flight PS752, where 176 yes, innocent people died? And it appears at this early stage that the Iranian military shot down that plane, mistaking it for a, a U.S. military aircraft. And at this point, we really don't know why they did that or, or what the motivation was. But at any rate, we do know that nearly 200 innocent people died as a result of this. Mm-hmm. Does the attack get justified if these are the kinds of results that are going to follow? Um, that's a great question. Um, so you, what you're wondering is, is the attack like allowed if this is going to happen? Well, not allowed. Response, but we're not allowed, but... Uh, are we okay with the collateral damage? Yes. yes. And that's a very hard question to ask. I'm not going to ask you to answer <laughs> that. I don't want... And I want either of you to feel like you have to say, yes, innocent lives should be lost. That's not what I'm looking for, but... That's a tough one because um, they said that it was a human error. So this might have been just like, would this have happened if this assassination, murder, killing, whatever you want to call it, had happened? Maybe, maybe not. But there was also rising tensions between the United States and Iran before this. So they could have shot and shot down the airplane anyways, thinking it was United States aircraft. Possibly. Um but we'll, we'll never know. Mm-hmm. More, more importantly, do we ever care of knowing? Do we ever want to risk yes. figuring it out? Do we, is, yeah. it, is it even worth you know, guessing that maybe it was on purpose and yeah. then getting ourselves in bigger trouble than, yeah, yeah, exactly. than we need? I mean, those lives are lost, and it's, it's a sad, sad thing. Um, my heart goes out for the families that are affected by it, of course. But uh, that's, that's enough. I want to comment mm. on that. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys. You, you took over. You did a great job. Uh, thank you for sharing your insights and enlightening all the rest of us. Uh, good work. And, thank you. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Signing off. Signing off.